Hey everyone, this is Ben from MotocampNerd.com, and you're listening to the Finding Camp Podcast. More than ever, people are getting on a motorcycle and going camping. On this show, we talk about all things motorcycles, camping, and moto travel. So let's get into it. Let's do a Whalen Wayne weekend recap. We just got back kind of getting settled in, getting all the orders out, getting new stuff ordered. And I know I'm kind of a week behind as far as kicking out some kind of podcast. So I figured I'd just do a recap of where we were and what we were doing. So if you have not heard of Whalen Wayne Weekend, it is in Wayne National Forest in Ohio. And this year it took place, actually I think the past couple of years it's taken place, at Hawkins College and there's a like a festival area out there where they've got electric for some sites and I believe some areas actually had water as well and Hawking College uh, from what I can tell it's like a service technical kind of college because they had a lot of uh, vocational things going on there uh, and as well as catering the food was catered and the beer garden was catered beer from the brew program at the college which i thought was actually really cool so uh, and it is right there in wayne national forest so you are staying right here in this this little small town and you can jump on the bike and be pretty much in the heart of all these riding roads as soon as you get off the campus and the dirt roads were probably maybe five minutes. <laughs> At five minutes, and you're you're in the area where there's the main corridor trail, and then that branches off into different areas as well. And so, we got there Tuesday night late. We we shipped out some last minute orders on Tuesday morning, and then. Jumped in the van, got had everything, everything was already loaded up over the weekend. So jumped in the van, headed up there. It's about a six to seven hour drive, depending how many times we stop from central North Carolina. And it's actually, it sounds like Ohio is really far away, but reality is it's no further than Teleco Plains where they do March Moto Madness. Which is really funny because Chad Warner, who created this Whaling Wayne weekend, uh, went to March Moto Madness and was inspired by it and kind of wanted to do a play on words with it. And pretty much March Moto Madness is MMM flipped upside down. You get dub, dub, dub. And yeah, there you go. So anyway, we got up there Tuesday night. Uh, it was about pretty much dark. We got there about 730 uh, eight o'clock when we started dropping the trailer, uh, we didn't really set up anything. We just dropped the trailer and then we got to our campsite and, and even though registration wasn't open, there's plenty of people running around getting things ready and everybody there is just super helpful, super great. Uh, plenty of the people we've already met before at March Moto Madness and, and other rallies and, uh, yeah, more than happy to help us get, you know, set up and ready to go. So we uh we got the trailer dropped in our little 
vending site, went over to our camping area, and got the van kind of as level as we could, got it set up, cooked dinner. And then Wednesday was the day we actually set up the trailer and got it all going. And we just kind of hung out that day. Uh, didn't do any riding. There's a lot to do to get the trailer ready and uh, get everything out prepared. So, uh, our buddy Duke, who's from the area, he showed up and then, uh, Carl, uh, also known as Spaz Tech on YouTube, he showed up and we shared a site together, got to hang out a little bit on Wednesday. And then Thursday, the fun began where we actually got to go riding in the morning and more and more people are registering, you know, as the days go on. But most people go out and it's a riding rally. So most people go out first thing in the morning after breakfast, they go out, hit the trails, ride until, you know, 3, 3.30. There's a bunch of guided rides from some well-known people that are, are putting together different routes in all these different areas and, uh, and all skill levels too. And, and it's a paved and dirt. So if you want to do just paved, you can jump onto a, like a, a sport touring kind of ride. And then if they, if you jump on like an adventure ride, they do a lot of paved. And then before you hit dirt, if you want to, you can split off and they split the group up for people who do and don't want to do dirt. So lots of, lots of options. Uh, they cater to every kind of rider from, you know, the big bikes down to the little bikes and the dual sports. And like I said, street and dirt. And so we got up and, uh, I didn't two up. Mary wasn't feeling too good. Sinuses, uh, allergies, you know, different things, migraines. So she, she hung out at the camp and, um, me, Duke and Carl, headed out to the trails and they have a, a loop called the new Straitsville loop and that's supposed to be rated as the easiest of all of them and I was actually talking with Kane from Appalachian ADB he does a lot of guided rides and tours and he was scouting on Wednesday in preparation for the rides for the weekend just to make sure what the what the roads and what the trail conditions were like and he kind of gave me a heads up that, yeah, the new Straitsville one's probably the easiest. Everything else is kind of moderate, depending on what you're riding and your skill level is. So we got out there, and I decided we'll just hit the paved roads up and around because the new Straitsville loop is on the north end of the main corridor. And we'll, we'll hit paved roads up there. We'll try it out, see how everybody's feeling, and then we'll take the main corridor down. Good, nice, windy roads all the way up, smooth, and get out, find the little entrance to the to the, the OHV area. And by the way, these trails are ATV dirt bike side-by-side trails. They're only 50 inches wide, and so it's a very narrow two-track. If you've ever rode, um, like, you know, maybe like a forest service road that's like a single lane, two-track kind of sense, you know it's a little bit wider. Now, this is the first time I actually got to ro- ride on something this narrow, which was uh, definitely challenging on the 1250GS. Uh, obviously, it's not really the bike that's made to do that kind of thing, but it's always fun to kind of take into place it's not supposed to. And I guess it's not challenging enough because I didn't drop the bike, although there's close calls. Uh, I never dropped the bike on the trails. And so we get up to it and we start riding through and it starts off and it's pretty tight, a little flowy. 
Um, you know, the the ruts for the two track are uh, a lot more narrow, so you're a little bit closer to the edge with the trees. So just you know, being mindful of your handlebars, and of course on the 1250 you've got the jugs sticking out on the side. So watching the cylinder heads, it uh, it was a good ride going through. I met some head-on traffic, so of course riding right, and I think that was the tricky part was getting around some of those hairpin turns on that two track where it's really narrow and not trying to cross over and then keeping the speed low so you're you're not out riding that area but also keeping it fast enough because there was a lot of uphill and, and kind of off camber riding that you you kind of have to have a little bit of speed to keep the momentum so um all safe riding all good we made it all the way through the new Straitsville loop Carl did drop it once uh, very right, actually right towards the end, uh, went a little wide and and hit some soft gravel. Looked like in the video he showed us, but yeah, good good riding out there. Like I said, it was really challenging but fun. Challenging, if that makes sense. Uh, by the end of it, we were out of breath and kind of like a little whooped, but we'd hit the main corridor a little while, and the main corridor was. Uh, was a, getting a little bit more challenging, we could tell. Going, We were running it from north to south, and there was some gnarly stuff that we ran into, and we actually intersected one of the roads, which Kane actually told me there's a lot of roads that intersect, so it's a good chance to, like, hop off. And so that's what we did. Everybody was getting kind of hungry and tired, so we decided to hop off, which ended up being more like a, a nice cool down because it was all of the little Forest Service gravel roads, in and out and so we hit a bunch of those on the way out and then picked up some nice curvy uh paved roads and got all the way back to nelsonville and went and checked out uh tammy's country kitchen which was pretty good uh you know typical diner style restaurant that i did not realize until the weekend that it's only open monday through friday so if you go go during the week don't wait till the weekend uh Good hash browns, good breakfast food. Like I said, it's typical diner stuff. So, so anyway, uh, when they lay lunch around two o'clock, and then went back and started setting up our little tent for or the the trailer for you know slinging gear and selling stuff that afternoon after everybody got back in for the ride. And apparently, while I and well, me and Mary, while we were all doing that. Duke and Carl were just hanging around camp, and they were uh, the the rest of the volunteers were out there building a trials course for the Saturday event, and they had just got the whoops done and decided to invite Carl and um, Duke to go try these whoops out, and so they they kind of got on some of their gear and, and went out there and that, that gear included, you know, some nice riding boots and whatnot. And well, uh, unfortunately for Carl, whenever he went across them, uh, something happened, his bike got turned and I guess the bike smashed his foot up against one of them and caused it to break his foot. So Duke being the good friend that he is, and luckily, he drove his XR650 up to Ohio. Uh, they jumped in his car and went to the 
urgent care or emergency room or whatever, got an x-ray. Sure enough, broken. Uh, Carl flew out the next day. And again, Duke stayed at camp and, and hung out and took Carl over to the to the Air Force. We could fly back home to Alabama. And then we ended up putting his uh, F-Series BMW into our trailer. Now, of course, whenever I bought the trailer for our mobile kind of camping store, I sized it and made sure that we had plenty of D-rings in there to carry two big bikes. Uh, that way, if we ever had people coming with us or needed to haul another bike, we can, and luckily it worked in our favor because, yeah, this happened. So good timing, good way. We were glad I had it set up that way, and both bikes made it home safe and sound. So, But anyway, back to Thursday, uh, after slinging gear all day, Thursday, me and Mary did go out riding, and since Duke was hanging out at camp with Carl, so he wasn't alone, you know, and just taking care of... Uh, him until they had to go leave for the airport we did not hit any of the trails like i said they were i found out they were pretty challenging for me just solo and me and mary have rode through some stuff like that before uh we've done sections of the smoky mountain 500 around telego plains and some of those sections are they're eh, rocky rough uh for a big bike and then two up uh, it, it wasn't too bad but, uh, and I was wanting to kind of try to do some of the trails with her, but since Duke wasn't with us, I figured it'd be best not to do it. And, you know, it's always nice having that, that second person or that second rider in case we go down, you know, as help. So we just stuck to some of the four service roads and went down some, <laughs> it hit some dead ends in some spots. We were just kind of goofing around playing and, and exploring the area not really sticking to any route and um, a lot of those forest service roads turned into I guess they just ran into some of the trails I was using the Garmin XT2 and most of the trails were marked on the Garmin you could see them but some of these areas we went to like the forest service road wasn't even existing it said it was there but it didn't show it up on the, the GPS so uh, we, down, we went down a few of those had to turn around and come back and you know had a good time just kind of taking it easy uh, and then we went and did lunch and, you know, slung gear again that afternoon. Uh, Saturday, we did, <laughs> after after two days of hanging out and uh, drinking at night, I was a little, you know, <laughs> wasn't as focused and as sharp. So Saturday, took it easy and just stuck to the paved roads and went and picked up uh, one of the Windy 9. I think it was uh, Rim of the World or Rim of the something. Uh, one of the Windy 9 from Ohio. And uh, the Windy 9 is actually uh, nine different little routes that have been created by the tourism board there in Athens County. I believe it's Athens County, right there in um, where Nelsonville is and all that. And so there's nine little loops that go in and out, or kind of go out and then back into the center uh, of that county. And, you know, it has good roads, good little sightseeing things here and there. Saw a lot of cool little interesting things, cool little towns. I think we missed a couple. I think some people said when they were on one of the adventure rides with somebody else, they got to go see like a cave or whatever. 
Uh, so we didn't do a lot of research going into what all the routes were and where they took you. We were just kind of going riding for the day. Now the Windy 9 does, uh, that one that we did actually connects to the triple nickel. Uh, we did not pick up the triple nickel, which is, I don't know, the state road or highway 555. But we didn't pick that one up. Uh, we did go by, we kind of, we saw it, but we were kind of short on time anyway, because we were planning on, again, we had to get back to camp before the rest of the riders did. So that way we could get some lunch and then open up the store as everybody got back. And so the benefit of that though was when we got back early, uh, Jocelyn Snow was there. And so I was kind of having a, a moment of, uh, I think I've talked about this before, and, and some of you have known that, you know, being an introvert and owning a store is interesting because whenever people come to the store, it's in my domain, right? It's like, okay, this is no big deal. People are coming here to see me and talk to me, but exiting uh, my my area, it's kind of like approaching other people randomly. Uh, I feel like I'm bothering people. And, and I hate that I get that feeling because most of the time I know people are are really excited to just talk to people. And it's, you know, it's it's a bike community. Everybody's like just talking about bikes and camping and riding and stuff. And and Jocelyn was absolutely no exception to that. She was wonderful. I, you know, just drug Mary and Duke with me over there. I was like, hey, let's go meet Jocelyn while we have a chance. Because she was kind of just talking to one other person and, uh, I didn't feel like I was overly uh, intruding or, or interrupting anything. And uh, it was really great meeting her, uh, full of energy, super nice, uh, offered to train Mary anytime, anywhere, you know, for free because Mary doesn't ride currently. And, you know, she, she said that she would try, she was willing to train, you know, to get people riding more. And at some point we were talking about being short or me mentioning that, you know, she was inspiring because she's also somebody who's short riding a big bike. And I'm like, you know, for me being five, five, I think she's like five, one and a half. Uh, we were, we were actually standing there comparing to see who was taller. And then it got into an inseam war on who was, who had the biggest inseam, which turned out to be a really funny picture. And yeah, so good times. Great meeting her. She went off and let a ride that afternoon. And then we got to go back and, start selling gear and they did the raffle the af that afternoon and oh well they did do the trials course they dug a mud pit that was really interesting to watch uh the <laughs> but the goal was I, i'm pretty sure i heard somebody say the goal was to make sure ben dragoo has nowhere in like in no way shape or form could ever cross the mud pit and so they did a really good job. That mud pit was, uh, I, I, well, we only watched the big bikes before we went back to the, the store, but all the big bikes that went through there maybe made it to the first cone, which was only the length of a bike uh, before it just completely stopped. And yeah, so really entertaining. If you get a chance to go online and look it up and see all the, the pictures and videos people will, will be posting. Yeah. Uh, this was their 10th anniversary. There was just over, I believe, 450-ish people at the event, which Chad's goal was to get to 400. So it's good to hear that it's a growing event. And 
again, lots of good people, lots of good riding. Very, very family friendly. There's tons of kids riding around on, you know, little dirt bikes and stuff all over the grounds. And and that's one of his, you know, goals is to make it a family friendly whole, you know, event. So uh, the beer garden was open. That was cool because they were doing donations to from the beer garden. The beer was free. Uh, but if you donated money, you could get like a cup. But all the donations went to Rally for Rangers. Uh, again, Rally for Rangers, if you've never heard of them, look them up. Rally for Rangers is a organization that works on delivering and getting dirt bikes, essentially, or off-road dual sport style motorcycles to rangers to help with poaching and to help with all these other uh, lands, like in Mongolia. I think Mongolia was their first one. And so uh, with all that open land out there, they needed a way to get around more efficiently. And uh, they do a, a ride yearly where you put up a bunch of money and you get to go out there and uh, pretty much you get to ride Mongolia or whatever country they're going to for the year and deliver the motorcycle to the ranger or rangers uh, in that area. So anyway, all the money from the beer donations went to that. Chad said the year before, I believe that there was a house fire somebody had. So all the donations went to somebody within the community. So really, really good good community building and uh again it was just a really cool event really close-knit group of people that were just uh, happy to be there and and again lots of training too so if you wanted to go sign up for training and stuff it was all there and it was nice because you know that 400 people mark uh i've been to march motor madness and i think it's around 800 people was the last time maybe a thousand people it was getting pretty big and for those who are wanting something that's a little on the smaller side, you know, that's, I'd say about a thousand people is the, the most you'd want to go to if you want to keep it on the smaller side of rallies. Of course, there's tons like Palmetto ADV Rally. That one's only got like a hundred people there last year. Uh, no idea how much the next year is going to go. But, you know, all of those rallies, as they get more and more popular, more and more people will go to them, uh, which is a good thing for some because then you get to bring in vendors like us and, and other people and, and you know, to make it more, I guess, just more things to do for the event. Uh, but then some, you know, some rallies are like, they keep it small and that because their focus is just on the riding. So depending on what you're looking for, you know, uh, you know, evaluate what you want to do. Right. So anyway, yep. Uh, pretty much that's it. Loaded up Saturday. Well, actually we were open pretty late Saturday, probably till 11 o'clock because they were doing the giveaways and a lot of people were doing their last minute buys at the store or a little pop-up. And so uh, Sunday morning we got up and did breakfast and then hurried up and packed up the rest of it, loaded up the bikes and headed home and came in Monday morning to the store and brought all the merch in and uh, started packing orders and shipping those out for the week. Again, thank you for all of our customers who were patient and, you know, we were closed the whole week as we were attending the rally. And it was a nice working vacation because, you know, we usually take like a Thursday, Friday and go up there. And I, I actually took the whole week. So we left, like I said, Tuesday and went up there and 
it was a little bit slower pace and it was nice. And it was nice to go to those rallies where we get to ride and, you know, sell in the afternoons and get to talk to, to everybody and meet and greet. So, uh, so yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, definitely check out Waylon Wayne, check out Rally for Rangers. Uh, I, I don't remember all the other tours out there, but I know I've talked to Kane a lot and we work with Kane in the Appalachian ADV and all of his uh, routes and or his rallies and his rides that he does throughout the year. So check them out and yeah, go find your camp.